Hey everybody, welcome back to Play Games Lose Friends. It is Monday, August 1st, 2022. I cannot believe that July is already over with. Summer is going too fast. You're here listening to episode 16. Glad to be back. We've got Gen Con Top 10 to talk tonight, including our honorable mentions, as is the custom, it seems, on this show. Thanks for Ken, or thanks to Ken for that one. We're also going to chat Wingspan. I am so excited. I know, so I know you are. You, you've been I'm so pumped. All day you've been, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be great. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what the differences are between our lists, but we'll find out. We're also going to review Wingspan, a very, very popular game, another Stonemeyer game that we both love, haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet in the review. And we've got our normal backbot and playlists, including a beer review interlude. So how about we start with a quick question for you? Uh, were there any games at Gen Con, not in your top 10 and not your honorable mention, that are either out right now or about to come out that you're going to acquire in some fashion before, let's say, like you're going to purchase it, you're going to spend money on it before the end of August? Um. Well, it depends. Um. So I guess it's a yes, no. So yes, because some of them that are coming out at Gen Con, I've also already backed on Kickstarter. Okay. So technically, the answer is yes. However, um, there was nothing that was on the list that like I have pre-ordered or, you know, I don't know the release date, so I'm just sort of going to be waiting to see it. Um, however, the other thing is, um, you never know when, you know, these are going to pop up. So if, if something does pop up, you know, I might have to pull the trigger on it because, uh, usually when it hits Gen Con, that means it's also a retail release somewhat as well for some of them. So there are some on this list that if they <laughs> come to retail, I'm going to get them. <laughs> Cause I'm, sl- again, this list, and again, I know we, um, you know, we've been in, you know, in this space for a while, but like, this is the first time I actually cared about the list, right? Cause we talked about doing, you know, our, our sneak peeks or what we're looking forward to, anticipated, whatever you want to call it. So I actually like gave a crap about the list and looked at it as opposed to just word of mouth or my own normal research channels. Um, so I'm, I'm, and that's the problem. I didn't even give it enough. Like I just skimmed and I'm like, yes, yes. I had like 20 and I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I'm not going to this convention. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so. How about yourself? Anything from your that list jump out at you that so you're just that, like I'm buying this? That was my that was my problem with building this list was that I started going through stuff and I'm like mm, that's been out since 2021 that came out earlier this year and I don't have it and I'm sitting there like trying to build lists while also saving a list on the side of things that I should probably go buy that I want that's already out and I'm like <laughs> yeah I probably shouldn't do that so I just put that list in the garbage. I don't need to well, get that they're stuff. actually. There were a couple games that are on other people's anticipated list that I already own. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I found that kind of interesting. That, like, how do these people not know about this game already? Because they're also in the sort of in the space and in the hobby. Like, I've had that game for three months. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Why is it anticipated? I, like, I, I don't I wonder, know. But- like, there are some that hit retail. Like, a good example is like Vagrant Song was so incredibly hard to get. I think it's still hard to get that maybe that's part of it too. And that, like, 
you know, weird will be at Gen-, Gen Con with copies or something. I don't know. That could be the reason. But yeah, I saw the same thing and was like putting together a list of, you know, shopping lists. And then I was like, eh, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Yeah. Or or I think to myself, don't do it because Ken will do it. He has even less willpower than me. <laughs> well, again, that's the interesting part. Like we've got – how do I put it? Like we have very similar tastes in games. But then there are certain games that like you'll buy that I'll end up liking just because we play it. But I wouldn't go out of my way and like I'll be all about it. And I think I've got a couple like that from your end as well. So like, you know. Yeah, so you got to be careful what what to not pounce on. <laughs> you have well between the two of us, we have such an enormous variety now. But like, I, I probably that is true. Like Radlands, right? I we played that. I freaking love Radlands. I want to buy Radlands. I probably will buy Radlands. And like we were talking today together about you know leaders got Ahoy coming up later this year. I own every leader title except for the root stuff and um, the uh, mysterious mansion, vast mysterious mansion. Other than that, I have everything. You have nothing. So you're like yelling at me, please don't buy a hoy, you bastard, because <laughs> Step I off. That's my game. <laughs> no, you used the nautical term. You said stand down, which I found. Stand down. <laughs> but like, you know, that's a good example too of, of I just want to buy it now. Well, you, you said you pre-ordered it today, right? I did that. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. I did uh, <laughs> pre-order Ahoy uh, as of us recording this this evening. Uh, earlier today, uh, a review came out. Uh, I think there was what two reviews one one video and one written and um uh you know uh we follow leader games on instagram we follow uh, Kyle on instagram and they posted it up for pre-order today so I ran or uh you know <laughs> full well, speed ahead <laughs> yeah <laughs> walked the plank right into it um so yeah I, a good uh, choice. I made the purchase yeah so and again ever since Ky- we had Kyle on the show like and he talked about this being the uh, almost the gateway game into leader games. Again, as Ryan said, I didn't. I mean, I've played a lot of leader games, but I never actually owned one in my collection. Uh, Fort was the one I really wanted, and then Ryan went and got it, so I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> and then Oath was the other one, and now Ark. So like, I'm I'm okay, and and Vast. So these are all great games. I saved you a lot um, of this money. One just is, you did, you did, you did. <laughs> um. Uh, you're but right, yeah, though. this one was just, you know, the the you it does look like I watched a video review and it does look like a gateway into leader games. It's like it's got the the boards remind me of Vast a little bit, Oath. and a little bit yeah, well, they a got bit an Oath, Oath flavor too. too, right? Yeah, I think that it, it just you see the the pedigree in their yeah. products, right? Yeah, and whether you want to call that like lack of creativity because they kind of redo the same. thing theme in a way of gameplay a little bit but not really yeah. at all like once you play yeah, gameplay like, over theme anything. right yeah but you see yeah. the asymmetry you see the um you know the obviously the art of kyle farron is very distinctive for the most part um so it's just got all those things that that make it look like a leader game but mechanically it's not as complicated so yeah you're yeah. right it's like it's like they're all pages from the same novel or in the same book, right? So there's going to be similarities because it's all the same people, but like it definitely looks unique enough and different enough and for a different audience. But technically, I'm that audience, you know? Like, I, A, I don't own anything from Leader. Uh, B, um, you know, I've played some of their games. Um, 
I think the only one was the was Vast, right? That really dove into the asymmetry. Like we've we've tried wrote a couple times, didn't really get through it, but we'll um, get there. Which I think I think that's going to be a switch purchase for us, right? We're gonna go switch on that. No, I'm buying it. I'll, I'll buy the. Physical. You're gonna buy the physical game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, right. I've gone this far with their stuff. <laughs> I might as well just go all the way. I, I do want to play it, and I do think our group in particular would love it. It's just a matter of getting it to the table, yes. getting everybody to kind of understand it because it's so asymmetrical. All the factions and all that, and yeah. then the expansions add even more. Now, again, I don't know if. Anybody listening or, or even you watch uh, the, the Tom Brewster shut up and sit down um, root expansion review. He did every single expansion uh, just <laughs> I think a couple weeks ago or maybe even a week ago. It was pretty funny. But there's so much to that game. It's going to take forever. So, But uh, yes, I am going to get And I would play it on the Switch too. I actually own it on the Switch and iOS, but uh, I haven't played a ton of it. Oh, okay. And I'll get to why later. Uh, I don't have any back bots today, just to, again, spoiler alert, but I do have uh, one digital purchase, which I'll talk about later. Won't spoil that. Oh, so you're going to leave that all to me? Just to fill I, time? I am. Oh. You're, the, you're, you're the one with Come the on. significant problem, so I might as well just let you get it <laughs> off your chest. All right, let's uh, let's talk yeah, about this, what we played since this, last time. So, well, before we jump into that, I think we yeah. just need to shout out our brethren uh, in, in our group of friends. They also have a podcast. It's called Drunk and Disordered. Um, it is a Kings of War uh, podcast. If you play Kings of War on tabletop, what's um, Kings of War? I never down. heard of it. I, I guess it's um, is it is it better than Warhammer? Some kind I of nerd know. game. I don't know, but. You roll dice. Yeah, I don't know. Only they just throw dice. And- they just, yeah, and they dress up too. I think, but anyway, um, <laughs> so they, um, but yes, they have a great podcast. Again, both Ryan and I really don't play the game, um, but I enjoy um, listening to them break down army lists, break down the tournament scene in our area. Um, but ultimately, it's not just our area because we had some team members from our group actually go to Masters on the West Coast. Uh, a few weeks back. Um, so in a couple of weeks or soon, there'll be a podcast where uh, the participants from that tournament will be on to talk through their experience and what it's like to go to a master's tournament uh, for a tabletop game. Um, so uh, again, it's, they're, they're good people. Uh, it's a good podcast. Uh, spe- you know, even again, if, if you don't know the game, uh, it's just enjoyable to hear the, uh, the banter of our, of our friends. So that's yeah. drunken disordered. Again, you can get it anywhere. Uh, you can get your podcast where you get ours. It, it, we're on all the platforms together. So, and congratulations to one Matthew Bartholomew Griffin for his, uh, strong finish at masters. It is very hard to even get into a masters, which is basically like yeah. best in the country, best in the regions, whatever. It's really hard to do. It was hard to do back in the Warhammer days. It's hard to do with Kings of war. It's hard to do with 40 K any of them. So, just to uh, be there in the first place as a participant's impressive, but I think he was top ten, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's no, that's no joke. That's impressive. So, congrats yeah. to Matt and uh, the rest of the guys, and hopefully we'll, there'll be more representatives from the Nerd Hammer crew there next year. I don't doubt that. Oh, absolutely. And I think there was actually a couple other members that actually qualified but couldn't make the airfare yep. and the trip due to other responsibilities. But all them dirty um, elf players, I'm yeah, sure. All right. Filthy slipper prints. <laughs> they always dominated everything. That's why we all play them. Speaking of play, let's jump in. I got two games, but before I jump into my two, let's talk about the one you wanted to 
blurred out so uh, enthusiastically last podcast. Our other gaming group member, Joe, purchased on the Target sale, I believe, a copy of Isle of Cats, yep. which I've always looked at and thought, I really want to play a game about rescuing cats off an island. Theme-wise, I was, I was like, eh. and it's polyomino, which, you know, can be hit or miss. Yeah. Boy, that game is cool. It's much cooler than <laughs> I thought it would be. The theme didn't bug me. Everything about it was cool. So let's talk a little bit about Isle of Cats. I know you I... loved it. And I know <laughs> you literally went home, or maybe even did it while you were still here at the game table, researched all the expansions coming out to figure out what you yeah. needed to buy. Yeah, I I have th- I don't have a lot of board game regret as far as like games I didn't buy. Uh Isle of Cats is the first one. Had I really you know maybe it's, it's, paid it's more hard attention. to have regret when you buy everything. <laughs> I know, but I know I get that, but like this is a game just like yourself. Like I was just like, uh, Polyomino. Yeah. What is this weird cats? Yeah. Ugh. On the surface you're like, it's uh, like I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's it but my god is this game fantastic. I loved every every aspect of this game. I was so into. I loved the action. I loved the drafts. I loved the um you know, even the polyomino didn't bother me. Uh I I'm already excited about the next time cuz I already have a different approach to how I would handle that or how I would do that. Um but like I just was so impressed with all of it and it worked so well. Um where uh you know the fish currency uh is is actually more valuable. Again, we didn't realize it in the beginning, right? No. We you know never playing it. But like the second or third time I'm like um manipulating the cost you know, the fish and, and the cost of cards is key to this game. So if you can get stuff for free, there's a little bit more value on free in this game. Um, I, I was, I was just thoroughly impressed. Uh, I actually uh, am borrowing Joe's copy at current. Uh, I want my wife to play it. If she likes it, then I'm going uh, all in on this kitty cat game because I want all of it because it's all <laughs> going to be. If again, the base is amazing. Anything you add to this game is just going to make it even cooler. And I don't know how it's possible, but I'm excited to see it. Um, they actually, it's funny, one of the Gen Con uh, releases is a roll and write for the game. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Where you're, where it's, it actually picks up where the story leaves off, <laughs> where like the cats that are, didn't get rescued during the game of Isle of Cats, they're racing to get to a boat. So you're, you're doing a roll and write, flip and write style game. Um, trying to get your cats off the island. So it didn't make my list, but it might. <laughs> if it says anything as good as the uh, the actual Isle of Cats game, it might. So I was thoroughly impressed with that game. And games like that, they come around every once in a while. Like, they just get you... And I don't, I don't know if it was the mood, the group, whatever it was, it just... it's it, The game just sang well for me it was so good i enjoyed it so much i can't stop talking about it thinking about it i'm surprised you haven't played it with kim yet sure. well you know we have kids and things yeah <laughs> but that's I, a problem I, and i just got it saturday <laughs> yeah so so it's been you know 
a day and a half, two days. So we'll we'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah, I'm curious uh, to hear what she thinks. I, I'm pretty sure my wife would absolutely hate it, but I don't know. I'll have to try it sometime. I don't know. I just the I love that drafting mechanism of that game. It because everything is good. Like that's the amazing part. Like yeah, it's there's hard to so pick. much. There's so much choice in that game, and then it's like. Um, you almost have to sort of figure out, like, because again, you sort of playing a solo game in a way, but like there is interaction where you have a shared scoring mechanism. Uh, you both are, you're all going for the same pile of cats from the island, but like you're sort of playing your own game, so you so you don't necessarily pay attention to everybody to a degree. Um. But, like, I think just a little bit more paying attention, you'll know what cards have a better chance of coming back to you based on, like, uh, who you're passing the cards to. Yeah. To, to see, like, what they would possibly pick out of that. You know, but then again, we also have a couple wild cards that we play with. So, I don't know. We'll see. But I I, I was so impressed. I was so impressed with that game. And I, I was so mad at myself for not owning it sooner and playing it. Because it just is so good. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't stop saying good things. I'll stop you. It was good. <laughs> it was yeah. good. It has a lot of cool mechanics in it that, when combined, managed to pull off an, a, a good experience. I don't think there's anything that I could walk away from in that game where I was like, eh, "This is a bit of a weakness," or "This is a part I didn't really enjoy." The thing that got me really hooked on it when we were playing was the pace. I thought there was a great pace to the game. As long as people aren't taking too long yeah. to draft cards, which I didn't think we had much of in our group. Um, I think my only complaint really is, is there's such a massive amount of scoring variations, but that's actually in a lot of games. I welcome that personally because it's like, all right, well, I have more than one vector of attack here to score some points. And I, we were cracking up at the end when Brad, didn't even realize about the whole color chaining thing and got like zero <laughs> points from that. Whereas we all yeah. forgot kind of, except for you and you ended up scoring the most points and winning because of that. So I like that there's a, a, you know, some people can view that as like complications or making it tough to sort of pick a path. If you're kind of linearly focused on scoring in a particular way, it's a little harder to do in that game because of space restrictions with the cats and, and the boat spaces to put them in. Um, and I do think we focused a little too heavily on the penalties at the beginning, but I don't think it was necessarily a detriment to the game itself. So there wasn't really anything about it that I could say I didn't like. I was surprised, honestly, that I enjoyed it and, and that the group enjoyed it as much as we did. I thought, you know, same thing as you, like I looked at it and was like, eh, I don't know. And then we got it to yeah. the table, got a, got a playthrough, and I think we just all really enjoyed it. And I, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing it again. Hopefully we can – Get another shot and see, you know, if you get it, what the exp – I don't know if Joe would buy the expansions or not, but if, if you get it and get them, I'm curious what they add to the game too. And I, w I would like to play at least two, three more games with the, the you know, the actual just base game and get, kind of get the hang of that more. But very fun. Yeah. Way more interesting and way more fun and engaging than I was expecting, and that was a pleasant surprise. So that was nice. We also got uh, another game of War Chest in – and I'm not going to talk about it other than the fact that, God, that, that game's so good. Um, we love War Chest. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah. If, if you don't own it and you're 
a, a board gamer uh, and you like chess, like if you like chess in any way, this is literally just – it needs to be on your shelf. It's so freaking good. Uh, yeah. The only thing that I don't like about it, honestly, is that you can't play it with more than four people because I would love to just have a large-scale battle. That would be so cool. There's probably some way to do it. <laughs> I, I'll check out a, a, the Board Game Geek forum. Some, some Someone sat down long enough to figure that Even out. Even with the expansion, there's no way to make those maps bigger and adding more players? No. So both expansions basically modify the four-player or two-player game. Just swap out. They don't. Just swap yeah. out factions. Yep. We'll yeah. find out. I, I think you, you said you want to play it next uh, – or, or this, this yeah. week. So uh, I've been reading the I, rules for the nobility and the uh, siege expansion. They don't change the game too significantly. So it should be pretty. I thought our last game of War Chest, uh, what was that, two weeks ago at this point, like, it was, I think, one of the best games we ever played, just because of it was so swingy. Yeah. Like, I felt like... We were getting murdered I, at the beginning. Honestly, we were... <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was like, there's right. no way. There's no way we're winning this game. And, uh, you know, we we ended up pulling it out. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just, it, it was a nail biter. And then, you know, you know, even after mistakes, mistakes were made. Yeah. You, it you cost us. You were but. apologizing to me for once, which is very yeah. rare. Like, I was oh, so sorry, mad at my myself. Brain. I'm not here right now. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to say anything because normally you're yeah. as sharp as I was attack. like, tell me, yell at me, yeah. yell at me, tell me. We're on a team. You have to be like, yo, dude, that's dumb. I'm like, tell me. Like, I, um, uh, but you know, uh, but again, I, I feel like I rallied <laughs> and I pulled, I tried to, you know, bring us back into it, you know, and we, we divided and conquered the sides of the board. It was good. Yep. Um, it was good. so it was, and, and I wanted to run it back immediately. I really wanted to do it. I wanted, like, let's go. So that's why, uh, we need to make a night of war chest. So it's coming back to the table next board game night. Uh, so you'll hear more about it. Uh, I hope you like the War Chest talk because it's fantastic. It's not going so we're gonna away. We're going to keep either. talking about because we're going to keep <laughs> playing it. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Um, so so uh, yeah. Foreshadowing. There'll be more War Chest talked about probably on episode seventeen. So <laughs> yes. Meantime, buy it. Shower yourself with awesome chips from the back. Oh, it's so good. So the other two I got to play. Uh, my son and I fired up some Ankh. Uh, Gods of Egypt two-player, which it's been a little while since we played. And uh, he used uh, Isis, who he really likes because if she – I think her units are next to enemy units. They don't get killed. Um, and I had uh, a moon who's fairly broken because he can use a token to play two combat cards in a single combat region, uh, which is really good Ew. in that game. That's dirty. Yeah, so I ended up winning that game. Um, not by a whole lot, though. He usually plays that game really well. I, I just want to reiterate, first of all, how fantastic of a game that is. And secondly, it's so good at two-player. It's great at two and – it's great at three and four. It is absolutely the uh, best at two. It's okay at three. I would. Ho I think it's – I hope it's better at four. Yeah, I would say it's okay and, at three. And higher. Four is better. But two was great. I love the two-player experience. Yeah. I can't I – want, I want – you and I need to play a two-player onk. I think it would be – so swingy. It would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, yeah. uh, random gods, though. We can't pick. It's just too... Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I feel Let like the that's face decide. As long as I don't get freaking the monkey man. He's got the worst <laughs> ability. 
Although you can make it work. You can make it work. But I also got to play Dark Tower again, uh, this time at three players. And I heard online that it was much tougher at three. Well, let me tell you, that is that is absolutely true. We got smashed because I'm stupid. Uh, I sat with – so the game. one of the losing conditions in the game is you have on your player board two slots for these things called corruption cards, which essentially debuff you. And if any player on the team – it's fully cooperative. Any player on the team gets a third corruption card, the game immediately ends. You've lost. So here I am, sitting there, looking around. Oh, look, an enemy. I should probably go kill it. Go in, fight it. Realize that I went into the battle with no potions and no spirit. I have plenty of warriors because I'm the the war, brutal warlord character. Like I have like four billion, you know, warriors, but none of that other stuff. First battle card they draw was lose one spirit. So I take a corruption card, lose the game for us. So literally an hour and a half ruined by my own stupid decision making. So lesson learned: if you're playing dark, I bet Tower, that went well at the table. Yeah. <laughs> If you're playing Dark Tower, make sure you have what you need before you go fight things, because otherwise you're a lose. Uh, that game is still really fun. I, I cannot get over how good that app is with the game and the tower and how it all syncs up. There aren't many games where I played. You know, we tried Destinies, and there's some others I've tried. Where is it? As, is it like good, like Forgotten Waters? It's better. It's better than it's Forgotten better Waters. Than Forgotten Waters, yeah. It's because that's fantastic. the best app I've ever played with. I think I'm excited to see what Osworn brings, but like, yeah, uh, Forgotten Waters was, you know, again that I felt it was just perfect. It was really good, uh, but the app itself, when tied in with the gameplay, was there, but not like the great. It was more for like facilitating all the amazing voiceover work and some of the the other cool things in the yeah. game. Dark Tower basically really ties the the actual tower itself, which is Bluetooth enabled and has speakers and all this kind okay. of cool robotic shit in it, to the app, which has most of your decision making and your combat and stuff. It's super super smooth and well done. This is the first and only app game app based game that I can walk away and be like, this is done the way it should be done. I've played a lot of others that aren't. This one in particular stands out above the rest. Head and shoulders have done such a good job with it. So I know the pl- the price point of the game is ridiculous. Like it, It's a great game, but it is not worth $200. I'm telling everybody that right now. Just If you're on the fence and you're like, I really want it because I either had it as a kid or I, I hear the game is really good, don't buy it for $200. Like Just wait. It'll go down at some point in time. Get it then because 200 bucks is exorbitantly high for this game. I bought it because I'm stupid and this is my hobby and I'm okay wasting that kind of money on it. But for like a general, you know, purchase, I would not recommend it for 200 bucks. Wait till it goes down. But yes, good game. Very fun. Excellent co-op app is excellent. And I have no regrets other than maybe that price, but whatever, I'll get over it. On to you, sir. Um, so I think on last episode, I talked about some, some, some games that I purchased. I yes, actually some, got, uh, some in quotes, some of them, a couple, a couple, um, I got to play, um, uh, one of them since, since we, we recorded last. The rest are sitting on the um, shelf of shame and cellophane <laughs> indefinitely. Well, again, a couple of, I, I, no, stop it, stop it. Um, I don't do that to you. <laughs> you should. Uh, no, that's that's just, we're we're good. Um, 
so I uh, got Imperious um, to the table. And it is a... This is one of the, the Colossal Games uh, Kickstarters. Um, spoiler alert. There's a portion of my bot list where I actually added more to the game. Um, and that is because this game is um, pretty unique. Uh, and I'm hoping that everyone is going to enjoy it like I think we're going to enjoy it. Um, so it is coming to game night this week. Uh, we're going to try it out before War Chest. Um, and what makes this game unique is you um, draft cards, but you're also drafting your enemy's cards. So That's pretty cool. You, you get to – so there's um, there's these regions on the board that come out. And you're trying to play the cards that allow you to score in those regions. Um, but then there's certain cards that kill other cards. So you might draft them so that you could place so that people can't kill your guys. So you'll put them on a different region. And it's just got this, I don't know. It just feels like draft. I've never seen drafting your enemy's cards and playing your enemy's cards to your advantage. In a game to date. Can you think of one? No. None that I've played. Like, and again, there might be out there, to your point, Ryan, this is the only one I've ever played like that. Where you are shuffling your deck together with the enemy, and you can play their cards. And again, you can't play them, like, to your side, but you're playing them to mitigate where you're trying to win the planets. Um... So I'm just I I think, um, I have a feeling this could be a hit with our group just because of <laughs> that mechanic of like again we know we just like drafting as a as a general group. douchebaggery taking place in every yes game. yeah yes we're like because the interesting part about this is some cards you play face up some cards you play face down so you don't know necessarily all the cards that are going to be on that planet. So once all the cards are played, you then flip everything up. They go in an initiative order and they get, they get recycled, right? So like the zeros go to the top, ones go to the top, then twos all the way down. And there are certain cards that will shut down other cards or there's certain cards that'll say like, there's cards you could play that let you peek at some of the face down cards. So there is a lot of interaction in this game post draft that i just i don't know i feel like if if and again the scoring is very unique because if you like you don't always score to get the planets unless you put the cards on those planets that allow you to score that way so there's there's two types of stats on some of the cards um but you need to put the cards that score on the on there to 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 actually uh trigger the planets so i i I just have a feeling it's going to be, uh, it's going to be unique. Um, so that's imperious. Um, and then I got um, a couple games to uh, go with my wife. Uh, the one night uh, we played Jaipur. She hasn't played Jaipur in a while because I won't play Jaipur with my wife <laughs> uh, because I can't. I don't win. I don't even come close. She just destroys me. So it, it was long enough that she hasn't played. So I'm like, all right, she's forgotten how to play. <laughs> so I broke out Jaipur because I love Jaipur. I'll play with but, you now that you've forgotten everything and have no chance of beating me. 
What a great sport you are. Um, well, <sighs> I hope she Dude, beat I hate your ass. So the first, so you play best two out of three. Yep. And uh, I won the first game. I'm like, all right, all right. I, I'm like low key, like, oh I man, win? wow, I won't, it's been so long. Oh, I, geez. I did, I did. I was like, baby, are you okay? Like, I asked if she was feeling all right because, like, tonight? I don't, a nice pack? I don't win, I don't win Jaipur. And in typical my wife fashion, she came back and smashed me the next two games. <laughs> like, they were just, it wasn't even close. Like, I'm just like, uh, uh. and. And I'm not usually like I don't feel like I'm bad at games, but like I cannot win Jaipur. <laughs> like I just can't do it. Um, it's like your uh, and then we for Planet X type game. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just get I had to get that and, in there while I could. Oh, that game. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> then we played some Shot and Totten, uh, and I love Shot and Totten. And uh, again, it was a game we haven't played in a while. And again, this was a fifty fifty. This is usually a coin toss with her and I. Um, and, and again, it was a while. So she kind of lost a little bit of, she had a little, uh, with a little ring rust, as they call it. Um, so I ended up winning in Shot and Totten, but we both, you know, we both won a game. We called it a night, went to bed, but, uh, but I love Shot and Totten. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a battle line game where you're trying to control, uh, either the majority of the road sections or three adjacent sections. Uh, and you can do this by trying to build a three card poker hand at the station. Um, and depending on where you play, you can count cards, which makes it kind of interesting and take gambles on, is this card still in play? If it is, then I lose. If it isn't, then I win. So, um, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, interesting game. Um, so if you've not played it, I, I highly recommend it. It's a nice little, little two player game. So those are the games that uh, I've played. Not bad. I need to get shot in Totten, or I at least need to play it. I've talked about it for a long time. And that's do you, and yeah. Do you want me to? Gans do you want to borrow it? Is the other one that's so clever? I've always wanted to get that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll borrow it sometime. We'll give it a shot. But it's been on my list. I just never, never ordered. Right. It. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean it's ten bucks. Yeah, you know, can't go wrong with ten bucks. Uh, All right, beer. What do you want to? What do you want to talk oh, about? With do you want to talk about your beer? What kind of beer you got? I do, I do. I have new stuff. Um, every time, again, every time I go to my beer distributor, um, <clears throat> I always give the. Uh, I, I get the you know the mainstays. So like I'll take three, you know, two or three cases up to the counter <laughs> first, and then I'll go and peruse the unique and new stuff. And I got a mixed case. Uh, of an uh, again another Pennsylvania uh, brewery. It is the Ithaca Beer Company. They had a case, a mixed case of their sours. And when I find a new sour, <clears throat> or in this case, four new sours, I give it a shot. So I am drinking their cranberry blood orange sour. It is a five point one, and. Uh, it is beautiful. Um, it's very nice. It's very smooth. It's a little warm here, so it's a nice, refreshing beverage. Um, the other flavors were a mango sour, which I have not tried. There was a blueberry hibiscus, which was amazing. And there was, uh, one they just called tropical sour, which was also very tasty. 
Uh, and again, they're all different ABVs. Um, so I found it kind of interesting, you know, how one is a 5.1, one, one's a 5.7, one's a 4.5. I don't know what the mango is, but like, it's just interesting, the mix of ABVs. But so far, they've all been really good. What about yourself? What are you drinking? Before I get into my beer, I think you said Ithaca is in Pennsylvania. Is it not? Am I wrong? It's in New York. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Ithaca, New York. The state York. of yeah, New York. Yes. Before our, our <laughs> dear listeners start saying that oh. Ken doesn't know his geography, uh, let's just he oh, drank all you. those thank cases you. and we'll forgive him. <laughs> I can't believe – I guess it is New York. Yeah. I'm so dumb. Well, right, I say bad. that. It happens. You know – it probably is in Ithaca, Pennsylvania. I'm just not aware of it. But yeah, the beer company Ithaca <laughs> Brewing is in Ithaca. Uh, for me, I am just about finished with a tall pint of Dance With Me, which is a uh, New England-style IPA from Barrier Brewing. I think it's a collab, but I don't remember the other brewery, and I don't have the list with me. Uh, typical New England IPA, pretty strong. I think it's 8.8%, so you feel it, which is good. It's the reason why we drink those, <laughs> aside from the delicious, you know, Orange Julius-type taste that comes along. Uh, it's good. It's solid. It's a New England IPA. I have nothing to say about it that that is negative. Um, don't see a lot of barrier brewing around here. Uh, I think they're in New York and would probably get more of their Pretty stuff. Pretty sure it's not Pennsylvania. Um, well, I, I could check, but I don't want to make people sit here and wait for it. I at least knew Ithaca was in New York. But yeah, it's it's good. Um, if they have more stuff, I'd probably check it out. I haven't had much of their beers, so I'll keep an eye out uh, for more Sixtals and stuff or maybe just cans and, and get a good sampling. And I'm also trying to see if I can source some, some kegs from further up north, let's say like Vermont. So I can maybe get some of the good stuff from like Alchemists or Lawson's or whatever. I've had some Lawson's uh, liquids lately and God, they're good. But Barrier, Dance With Me. Uh, don't know if it's seasonal or not, but if it is not seasonal, I would recommend checking it out. All right, let's move on to your highly anticipated 2022 Gen Con top 10 games you're looking forward to that you saw through Gen Con recap. Full disclosure – we're poor bums and didn't get to fly out to Gen Con this year. Probably won't because we generally do packs unplugged as our uh, conference of choice because it's basically in our backyard in Philadelphia. Um, at some point in time, I know we're trying, we're going to try to get out there, but didn't get to go this year. So we're relying on the coverage of others. We both came up with a top 10 list of games that we think we are super excited about from Gen Con that may have been released already. Um, but as we mentioned at the top of the show, probably hard to find or stuff that kind of premiered at Gen Con or some stuff that may have been announced at Gen Con that's coming up later this year or in 2023. Who wants to start? Well, uh, also just uh, we looked uh, – I used the – and I think you did as well – was the uh, list on Board Game Geek. It's, it had, what, 522 games on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so to pare down that many games uh, into uh, you know just a 10 – uh, I do have a one honorable mention, um, and I will say a couple things about my lists. Uh, I did this in um, my excitement about owning the game. Okay. Um, so, like, my ten is one that I'm. I hope it's good because I like it, but I'm like on the fence about is it owning? Like, should I own it? Um, and then my number one, probably like my top six, like one, six to one, or like I'm going to buy them regardless, but like, you know what I mean? Like my hype for owning them, 
uh, increases as I go from 10 to 1. So that's how I looked at the list. Well, why don't you um, start first, and I, and I will order mine well, quick I, while you're going over your number 10. Okay. And I didn't um, – I did not – Put any expansions. So I'm just going to run down three quick expansions. I'm not going to talk about them. Just giving you the quick names yep. that are actually coming out at Gen Con. That, but again, I didn't put any expansions on my list. Uh, and the three expansions that I'm excited about, and again, these will be instant buys once I'm able to, uh, is an expansion for Critters at War, uh, which is a two-player uh, re-theme of Airland and Sea. I believe it's AG, I think. I, I forget, but... Um, Critters at War is just it's a retheme of that game with uh, like barnyard animals. So again, I'm a sucker for animals. <laughs> so that's Critters at War. Uh, the third and final mini expansion from Sagrada, I believe it's called Glory. Uh, oh. I think I've said it a couple times. It's my wife's favorite game, so, so we'll good. be getting that expansion, no doubt. So we'll be getting the latest expansion for that. And again, I didn't know about this, but thank God I looked at that list. So thank you for wanting to do this. Um, Oceans is getting an expansion, uh, called Legends of the Deep. Huh. Now I backed Oceans from North Star, uh, on Kickstarter. I, I played a lot of Evolution with another game group, um, years ago, uh, because they backed it on Kickstarter. And I always regretted backing Evolutions because Evolutions is such a great game. Um, but when Oceans came out, I was like, all right, I don't own Evolution, so I'm just going to go all in on Oceans. And I'm just so happy that they're continuing to support it um, because North Star's been selling off uh, some of their properties lately. So I'm glad they kept Oceans, and I'm glad there's an expansion coming. So those are my sort of three expansions that I'm looking forward to from Gen Con. I'm going to add one more Did you- in there. Uh, You're going to add another expansion? Yeah, okay. the Meadow expansion that's coming out in 2023. Uh, I believe it's yeah, called yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rivers and Streams. Downstream? Or, yeah, something like Downstream. that. Downstream? It's going to introduce a new uh, kayaker going down a water path with new water cards. There's a whole other selection area for cards. It looks like it's just going to add more of what's great in Meadow. Uh, super excited for that. We, if you haven't listened to it, reviewed Meadow last episode, episode 15, uh, which we both absolutely love that game. So super excited for an expansion for Meadow. Yeah, agreed. All right. So my honorable mention uh, is a uh, friend of the show, uh, Jim Felly uh, from Devious Weasel Games, and that is the mirroring of Mary Kay. Uh, I know Ryan, you got a chance to actually play with Jim. I did uh, the designer of it on on Tabletop Arena or Tabletopia, Tabletop or Sim, whatever digital digital board game, whatever, <laughs> whatever <laughs> this newfangled technology. Um, yeah, you know, with the computers and the whatnots. So, um, uh, and again, uh, ha- hearing him talk about it, and then you playing it. Uh, it was again excellent. one that I I definitely want to I definitely want to check out again being a two player game fan so um, I also thought it was a little unfair sort of because we had him on that I would put it on the list so he made the honorable mention so so it doesn't feel like we're super biased <laughs> <laughs> it was so. really fun uh, an excellent two player game I've never played anything like it and the the push pull of that game was top notch. Jim made another hit. Uh, I hope it gets to be, I don't, I don't think it's going to be 
as big as Cosmic Frog. I think the theme of it is different enough. Cosmic Frog is such a unique property that I think he hit a home run there with just the theme and the weirdness of it. But his design for Mary King is so good, and I, I think it deserves to get a lot of praise. And I know when it's out, we're going to pimp it on here because it's it's that good of a game, that good of a two-player game. So yeah, great choice for an honorable man. My honorable was uh, Clank Catacombs. I love Clank. I've, I've loved every version of Clank I've played. I don't get tired of it. In fact, I, I even forgot to, I just realized I forgot to put it on my list for games played tonight. <laughs> my son and I played Clank last weekend and, uh, he, he beat me. He played really well. Uh, killed me with Mr. Whiskers, that damn cat. But yeah, Clank <laughs> is fantastic and Clank Catacombs is more of Clank, but with some, Cool randomness mixed in with the randomly generated, uh, you know, catacombs tiles and, and everything about Clank is fun and more of Clank is, is very welcome. So while it's not anything groundbreaking, uh, it's more of a thing that's pretty beloved by the people who enjoy Clank. So I'm really excited to see that get, uh, get it to the table and be for sale. Hopefully, I think late, later this year or early next year. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure either. All right. So I'll. We're going to go 10 to 1, right? Yeah, yeah, number 10. All right, lead us you off, want to go buddy. first? Hey, you want me to go? Yeah. All right, so uh, so my number 10 is a game that uh, I never heard of until looking at the list. And the designer is what drew me into it. Uh, and then the publisher uh, was a publisher that I actually got another game by this publisher by this designer that I really, really like, uh, and that is Dice Hunters of Therion, uh, which has anthropomorphic-like creatures. It's from Amigo Publishing, and the designer is Richard Garfield. Now, the reason why it's number 10 is it only has a weight complexity of a 1. So I'm a little nervous by that, and it looks like it's very dice-centric. And you know me and Dice. Um, but yeah. I'm hoping that with the Richard Garfield s- sort of spin on it, it might be, uh, it might bring this, uh, bring this to my collection. Uh, it is in that sort of universe, Ryan, of Carnival of Monsters, which I love Carnival of Monsters. I think we played that uh, last year. Yes. Um, I'm a huge fan of Carnival of Monsters. Uh, I, I know it doesn't get a lot of love or not a lot of people know about it, but it's in that sort of universe. Um, as far as like the weird, odd creatures in it. Um, so I'm hoping this, um, you know, this is just another like sort of fun family game, um, from Richard Garfield. So that's my number 10, Dice Hunters of Therion. Cool. Uh, number 10 for me is a little simple kind of quick play game called Seasons of Arcadia. Uh, in the theme of the game, you're a, uh, powerful fairy lord and you're trying to dominate basically the entire year, all four seasons with your seasonal magic, they say. Um, basically you're just supposed to, it's, it's area control with, uh, unit placement and you need to control all 12. Uh, or place all 12 of your, your figures on the board to get uh, the win. And so you basically take turns putting units down, moving them around, jumping over them on this hex board. Um, and then you can 
basically replace stuff at the turn of season. So kind of what you do during your, your play in relation to your opponents is really going to matter as those seasons change. So the thing that, that intrigued me the most about it is, is it plays in 20 to 30 minutes and it's a two to four player game. So it's a very abstract sort of unit placement game, but very simple. Um, art looks cool. A lot of, a lot of it looks just right up my alley. So interested to see how that pans out. I think it's a 2022 release date. So we should see it this year, but I haven't seen photos of the actual physical copies yet. Um, so we'll have to check it out when it, well, there's a bit more information available, but that's my number 10 seasons of Arcadia. Oh, publishers so rather dashing games. Sorry. Oh, rather dashing. Okay. Hmm. I, I, you know what? That was one. I was like, it, it was intriguing, but I was like, ah, would I buy it? I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> there's not much info out too. That makes it tough. So yeah. Yeah. That was the same thing with, with, uh, with my number 10. It was like, there wasn't a lot. Yeah. And, and so, um, <clears throat> so my number nine, uh, was actually on my list to buy or to put on the list to find at PAX, uh, this year. And the fact that this is coming to Gen Con or, or being available at Gen Con means that I should be definitely be able to get it, uh, at PAX. Now, again, by looking at the list, it, slipped to number nine it was it was like my one of my five games i wanted at pax but when i see these other games coming out it did slip down to number nine but that doesn't mean i won't be getting it but it is a re-implementation of a game called silver screen uh and the game is called nightmare productions uh and it is um designed by reiner knizia and it is uh, from a game uh, – the publisher is called Trick or Treat Studios. Um, and they actually had a couple games uh, that I've been looking at, and they have a, another couple that are coming out at Gen Con. But this one, uh, just from, again, a Reiner Knizia design, um, but it's an auction game when you – about building and producing movies. Uh, so – um, you're trying to get directors, actors, um, effects, um, through auction mechanisms. Um, and then you try to put together your, your sort of best film, uh, and this like sort of horror genre. Um, so, uh, I, I'm just, again, it was Rainer couldn't see an auction and he pretty much does that better than anybody else. So yeah, I'm super excited to try it out. Um, and again, the theme of sort of making a, a horror movie uh, really drew me in. So I'm excited for it. That's Nightmare Productions. Yeah, I saw that on the list and thought, I'm pretty confident he's going to pick this based off theme alone. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a, a almost guarantee. Uh, number nine for me was something outside my personal wheelhouse, but one I could see getting time in my house. And that is Cora Quest. It is a kids-based co-op dungeon crawling game for one to four players. And it was made by a father and daughter uh, combo duo, whatever, yep. uh, Dan and Cora Hughes. Uh, it came out this year and it's basically ages six up. So like my whole family, you know, the kids could be interested. But one thing I, I like the most about it is a lot of the art is from kids who contributed art to the game, which is really cool. Um, there's a lot of variable player powers that you can kind of customize your own hero, which I thought was really neat for kids to be able to kind of design who they want to be in the game. Um, 
it's got a lot of your typical dungeon crawler tropes and, and mechanics in it. So there's nothing too far outside the box, but I think the audience being kids and, and it being so approachable for kids, there's nothing really like this in that genre that quite fits the bill like this does. And so I thought it was really cool that, you know, a father and daughter teamed up to make this and the actual production value of the game looks really impressive. It's, it's really nice. So that would be number nine for me. And, and I do think at some point I'm probably going to pick it up because I, I do think my kids, especially my daughter will probably really enjoy this more than, you know, any of the other dungeon, typical dungeon crawlers, including Arcadia quests that I actually own right now. This is just more geared towards them and, and really cool. I think it's a really uh, product they made and hopefully they, they do well with it. Cause it's pretty cool to see a, a dad and his daughter put out something like this. Yeah. The, the story behind it is just so good and everyone talks really highly about it. Um, it, I guess it was kickstarted in 2021, I think. Yes. Yep. And then delivered this year. Um, rumor has it, there's an expansion there coming is, back yeah. or coming out. So, um, again, it was one that, I, I, much like you, Ryan, you know, I thought, you know, with Ollie coming up, you know, and, you know, he's, he's going to be two. Um, you know, is this something that he would like in a couple of years? Enough. Um, but then it's like, I look around and it's like, I've got so many other games. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I'm with you. Like it just, you know, but it is definitely a unique style. So, um, but yeah, a whole bunch of kids. You know, Kickstarter backers all sent in illustrations. I think Tom Vassell's son has uh, has some artwork in the game too. Yeah, so. it's awesome. Um, Very creative idea. That's a it, yeah, cool story. And again, they did it did it on lockdown together as a family. Again, it just pulls on the heartstrings. Yep. All right, what do we got? Number eight. Number eight. Um. I have a feeling you're going to be surprised that this is number eight. Um, <laughs> um, do tell. We've talked about what's that? I said, do tell. So, my number eight is a game called Nightfall. It is from Red Raven Games. <laughs> it is a co designed game with Ryan Lockett and Alex Davis. But the artists are Andrew Bosley and Ryan Lockett. Now, this was one of Red Raven's failed Kickstarters. It did not get funded when it first came out, or when it was first brought to the light of day, which I think was, oh, man, this this could have been, I think it was like pre-2020, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they, since they didn't get it funded, they went back to the drawing board. Now, I don't know how Ryan Lockett has been able to participate in designing this game while designing Now or Never, while designing Sleeping Gods, while designing the Sleeping Gods expansion, while designing Rome, while designing Deep Vents. Uh, it's unbelievable, this guy. Um, but what I found intriguing about this game, not only, again, you know, the designers and the artists, which, again, were fans of both. Uh, was that this box has solo, this box has co-op, this box has competitive, and this box has a team mode, where it's like two versus two, three versus three, because it plays up to six. So, now, 
one of those games has to be good in this box, <laughs> right? You know, and and a team game from Ryan Lockett seems kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that's out of his so wheelhouse. That's not something he's really done. So, uh, and I don't, and again, I don't know why it didn't fund. I don't remember even seeing it. And again, it might have been one of my off months that it happened, but. Uh, but again, and the, and the reason why it's not higher is obviously if you heard our last couple of podcasts, I don't know. Ryan Lockett and I are on a, we're having a little break on the skids. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, uh, but this seems just so unique, uh, that, that I just, I, I got to give it a look. I got to give it a try. So that's number eight, Nightfall. Yeah. I saw that too. And I thought, it was something that I knew it was a failed Kickstarter. And I was like, maybe there's a reason why he wouldn't pick this because of that. And wasn't sure if you'd add it. The pedigrees there, obviously Bosley illustrating is one of my favorite illustrators in all of games. Uh, hello, Everdell. But yeah, just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if he would, but I figured it, there was a good chance to get on that list just from red Raven's name being on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Number eight for me is a co-op. Co-ops go over really well in this house. My wife and I play a lot of co-ops together. This one is called Weirdwood Manor. Uh, asymmetrical mm, nice. co-op game that is a bit of a spin on the survival genre. Um, the game has some mechanics in it that specifically try to address quarterbacking. Quarterbacking is a huge problem in co-op games. Quarterbacking is where one player basically tells the other player the optimal player, tells them what to do, and then they do it. Not really letting players play the game. Guess who does that sometimes? That's right, me. I need something to help me not do that, whether it's alcohol or game mechanics. And this game seems to have it. So you basically pick a asymmetrical character out of choice of six, and there's a mix of dice drafting, cards, some resource management. And the cool part about it is the temporal portion. So as the game is played time shifts and you get to mitigate how that time has shifted a little bit here and there. But for the most part, when it shifts, the actual um, mansion that you're in or manor moves. And so the, the pathways to get to the other areas and rooms is, is different um, forces you to kind of make some decisions certain times that may be disadvantageous to you. Other times you can combo your cards and abilities together with some of the rooms and have some really powerful effects and as the game goes on and the time passes, the monster that's inside that you're trying to defeat, the main boss, basically gets stronger and stronger with its own deck. And so there's a bit of a countdown mechanic in there too. But it looks really good. The art looks great. Components look great. Theme looks fun. Co-op version looks great. So excited about this one. So that's my number eight, Weirdwood Manor. And again, the the graphics and style of that game um, were really intriguing to me, but I don't get to a lot of co-ops in the house. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know whose fault that is. It could be mine, but <laughs> could be. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, it made the, the short list, I guess I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Gray Ridge Games is the publisher designers, Mike Cassie. I'm not familiar yeah. with any of his other work, but this one looks like a winner to me. So we'll find out. Number seven for you. Number seven is uh, hmm. it's from Brotherwise Games. Oh. 
the designer is John D. Clare, and it's called Empire's End. Now, I do not believe it will come out until next year. Um, but basically, uh, the, the little bit that I know about it is, uh, again, two to four player game. It's a civilization building, but what, uh, it reverses. So basically, you're at the height of your civilization when you start the game. And as the game goes on, you are losing your civilization. And you're losing power and you're losing your, your greatness. Um, but you're trying to mitigate that by, you know, you know, you're getting, uh, plagued with famine and you're having barbarian raids and, and you, but you're, you're fighting through all this stuff. Um, and it's like a, it's a reverse bidding, but it has engine building, but you got to think about long term. Like, I don't know. It, uh, it just, it just seemed like a very un- unique concept that I've not seen before. Where like usually you're building up to greatness, right? In a game, where like you know you're starting as you know a tadpole and you're trying to become the bullfrog, right? You know, so you're getting you're evolving, you're getting stronger. But this one is like you're already the bullfrog and now you're reversing back into a tadpole. Yeah. So it's kind of I don't know. It has a kind of a unique mechanism to it. That you don't know the two words engine building always gets me. <laughs> I don't know how you do engine building in reverse, but. Uh, John DeClaire is a, uh, he's been on, um, I, I know he's done a lot of games, uh, you know, so, um, you know, some of them are, 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 are really good that, that I have in the collection here. Um, so again, a unique concept. Um, so that's my number seven, Empire's End. So my number seven is a, uh, a duo effort with Mr. Phil Walker Harding, who's a play games loose friends favorite. And this game is called my shelfie really reminds me of Sagrada in a way, but also its own thing. Uh, Basically you have a bookshelf, almost think like a connect four board that you put in front of you standing up and you get to draft tiles off the, what they call the living room in the center of the table one, two, or three tiles, and then you have to place them inside your shelf. That's essentially what you're doing is, is picking what goes on your shelf. So it's kind of like a calyx, but instead of just straight board games, we have to put boring things like <laughs> books and family photos. Uh, and then you drop these tiles in like Connect 4, and you're supposed to achieve certain objective, hidden objectives, but also public scoring objectives. Um, I think there's some limitations on where you can place tiles legally and stuff. So looks really simple but really fun. One of those cool filler games. That's just a really unique concept. Uh, and I know if, if Phil Walker Harding's name is on it, I'm probably going to like it. Uh, so yeah, it <laughs> should, my shelfie is number seven. Definitely look for this one. It's probably going to be one of those low price point entry games and it just looks absolutely solid. Uh, that's, yeah, I was definitely looking at that one myself. Yeah, published by Cranio creations. Uh, Phil Walker Harding is a designer along with Matt Dunstan. Yeah, what a team. Yeah. All right. My number six um, is from AEG. Uh, it's one I'm sure people have heard of because it's might be their big hit for AEG. Um, it's by Peter McPherson, designer, uh, and it's a game called Wormholes where you're, you have a couple actions, uh, and it's a, it's a pickup. I believe it's a pickup and deliver game, but... Uh, you have an action of you're moving, 
or dropping wormholes. So when you drop wormholes, you can use them to teleport around the board to do more, um, you know, sort of uh, pick up and delivering, you know, mechanisms. Um, but anytime you do uh, create a wormhole, you also allow your enemies to use your wormholes. However, if they use your wormholes, they have to pay you like a tax, almost like a, you know, like a bridge, like a bridge fee for going over it or a toll. Um, so it just looks simple and fun. Uh, again, I, I thought of our group immediately. Uh, it just feels like something that we would just have a blast with laughing, making fun of each other, doing just shooting the breeze through it. Uh, again, it doesn't seem too complex, uh, but yet still has that. Almost that fun factor of like a war chest. It, it felt like from what I could see. Um, so that's wormholes from AEG. Uh, my number six, right? Yep. Number six. There's a lot of buzz around that game. I know there's a couple reviews posted in the last couple yep. months. It looks fun. It, it does look fun. Um, I, I think it would work well with our group. So I totally agree with you there. I, it was almost on my list, but I kept it off because uh, sci fi themes have to click for me. That one. I don't know. <laughs> the game looks good. Yeah, I was just hoping. I was just hoping we could find another sci-fi thing that can get do bad off of uh, Planet X. <laughs> I think he just likes deduction games that he loses. <laughs> uh, my number six is based off a video game that I love. I have on my Switch. I have it on Steam on the PC. That is Northgard Uncharted Lands. So this is a they they call it a four X, but it's a little bit of a mini four X. Uh, you're a Viking clan, and you're basically trying to beat your other Viking clans by reaping glory in various ways or controlling as much of the map as possible. Um, it plays very quickly from what I've seen. It's not a, a, a slog. It's you know 45 to 90 minutes for a 4X game. That's pretty good because those can run pretty long depending on you know player experience and uh, decision paralysis, stuff like that. Um, there's some... You know, battle, card-driven battle, there's uh, deck, bag, and pool building in the game, so you basically build your deck and upgrade your cards throughout the game, similar to Dice Run Adventures. Uh, combat's resolved through some dice rolling. Uh, you're building a little bit of um, variable pe- player powers throughout the game. It looks really solid. I know this has been uh, kick-started and is starting to fulfill now, and I think we'll start seeing it in retail soon. <laughs> Um, I think mini market, yeah, mini market has it for pre-order, but I'm not really sure when it's supposed to land. I think sometime in September, or maybe a little that. But North Northguard Uncharted Lands, um, designed by Adrian Dinu and publisher is Shiro Games, uh, along with in the U.S. Open Sesame and Board Game Box. Hmm, interesting. And you didn't back it on Kickstarter, or you didn't know? I didn't know about it. Um, I actually got the game okay. uh, earlier this year and played it and really dug it. And so when I saw this, I was like, "Oh man!" Nice. And it's not a it's not a copy of the game; it's its own thing. So, but it looks very intriguing to me. All right, number five. Moving on. Uh, back back to back. Peter McPherson designs. Uh, this is a game uh, from Flat Out Games. Uh, called Fit to Print. I believe this is only going to be available for demo. Uh, what got me uh, was this cover of these anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, basically you're trying to it. arrange the front page of a newspaper in this little woodland town. 
Um, so it's got drafting. It's got end game scoring. It's got pattern building. It's the one thing that gets me is the real time. So I'm hoping it's not real time, like where like you're like playing slapjack kind of style. Um, but <laughs> uh, but I guess you 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 do yell out layout, um, and you're you're just trying to grab your pieces and build the uh, you know build this puzzle. Um, and again, it just sort of you know the art, the theme. I don't know. It, it might be, and again, it's not necessarily like my style of gameplay. Um, again, it says if, uh, well, I guess they don't have, uh, there's other alternative modes too. So you can play it with the real time aspect, uh, or you can adjust, uh, to, I guess what they call slow mode, <laughs> where you take turns drafting tiles from the market and then you rage. Um, I guess there's a puzzle mode as well where you take a specific set of them and you try to piece it together to make the highest scoring arrangement. Um, or you can do the, uh, you know, real time grab and grab and build and go, um, plays up to six, which again could be kind of chaotic with six people having a real time game, but sort of, I like that in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fit to print Peter McPherson. I, I don't know. There's something about, I know he's the designer of tiny towns and, and there's a lot of content for tiny towns. Um, but it seems like he's got a couple, uh, you know, he's going to have, he could be a designer to watch, um, you know, with wormholes and fit to print, you know, back to back years. If, if wormholes gets the buzz that I think it's going to get and this I think thing it could has be right it on its heels in the next, you know, in 2023. So, um, but yes, uh, fit to print. Yeah, I saw that and almost made my list too. I had a feeling you'd see the cover and be like, ooh, what's this? <laughs> and that got your click, just those goddamn animals. Oh, it's a badger with a monocle? Okay, yep. I'll look at yep. it. I'm in. I don't even know what it is. Don't care. Box could be empty just as long as there's a badger with a monocle in the front I'm in. Number five for me was another <laughs> Kickstarter I missed out on, and I'm excited to get this one eventually, I hope. Uh, it's called Fall of the Mountain King. So... It looks like mm. a lot of area control, but the theme makes me crack up. It's a uh, a whole clan of trolls that live in these caverns, and they've been overrun by a bunch of voracious, crazy gnomes that are kicking them out of their home. And the mental picture of this is just great to me. But the game actually looks pretty good. So it's a closed drafting system, which whenever there's closed drafting, I am very much interested uh, looks like you get a certain amount of action points in your turn to spend doing various actions, one of which is populating trolls onto the board to try to control areas. Looks like there's some powers. No asymmetry. Um, I think it's up to four players. No, one to five players. Um, it looks really fun. Uh, I don't know if it's going to hit retail later this year or not, or, or if I'm not really sure what the plan is. I have to put some more research in, but the game art looks cool. Everything about it looks great. I think it's something we would really enjoy because we don't really have a ton of really good area control games. And this one looks like it's so focused on that. That's kind of the, the shtick here with the closed drafting. So I definitely am interested in this. Yeah. One. You don't like the area control that I do. Why? I don't know. You hate ethnos. <laughs> <laughs> I like ethnos as a game. I think the, the actual <laughs> ethnos version is uh, one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. They could have done so much with that. <laughs> But it is a good game. I do like area control. It's just hard to find ones that, in my like, Eric Lang's games, pretty solid. You know, the the, the trilogy is good. Yeah. Um, 
and and I think there's some other Brian Boros. Nice. Brian Boros, fantastic. So yeah, I'm I'm broadening yeah, my yeah, area yeah. control horizons, and Fall yeah. of the Mountain King is on that list. So that's my number five, and it is again a Kickstarter. It was designed by Adam Dalton, and I think the publisher will be for retail release Burnt Island Games or Skellig Games. How about number four for you? Alrighty. So my number four, uh, again, is a game that I, uh, well, let me, let me back up. It seems like it's built in a universe of one of the bigger games, but like a Seven Wonders has a Seven Wonders duel or Imhotep has an Imhotep duel. This is, uh, a game called Nicodemus in the world of Imaginarium. Now, I never played Imaginarium. I was always intrigued by the art yeah, and the just, just bizarreness of it. Yeah. It is just, I mean, it feels like it's, it's sort of like Cosmic Froggy in its uniqueness, yes. right? Like how. Just so fantastically uh, steampunk, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there was something about it that I just never pulled the trigger on trying or playing. Now, fast forward to this uh, two player version. Um, it looks like a different sort of game where you've got, um, these almost like engine building gizmo-y type looking things where, I mean, there's different cubes and different scoring and different mechanisms. Like, it looks like there's a lot going on in these cards, but it feels like it probably is a little bit of a different game than, than Imaginarium. So, uh... I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's the two player that just really drew me in. And then when I looked at it, I was like, Oh my God, there's art. Look, there's a swan that mixed with a teapot. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I got to get this. So again, my number four. And I, again, I was never this excited about Imaginarium, even though I had a giant elephant in the cover, right? Like I would have, like my pedigree, I should have, but I just, something about the gameplay just didn't, didn't get me. But this, style of gameplay seems to be a bit different, which, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it seems like it's drawing me in. So that's Nicodemus, uh, designers are Bruno Catala and Florian Cyrix. Apologize if I butchered that. Uh, and then it's by, uh, Bombix is the publisher. So Nicodemus, which I guess it might be out. Like, I think this is going to be a purchasable game. So I don't know. It was new to me. Uh, at least the two-player version. Yeah, I, I was so. looking at this too. Uh, same thing with Imaginarium. Gameplay never struck me aesthetically. It was very cool. This one definitely appealed a bit more. Just would like to see some more gameplay before I pull the trigger, but it was it was intriguing. No, no question. Uh, number four for me is one I've been – I've had my eye on this for a very long time, and I never really – Pulled the trigger. I, don't, I can't. I'm pretty sure this was kickstarted, but maybe. Um, if not, it's just been in development for quite some time. And that is uh, Blazon, or Bla I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Blazon, not Blazon. Uh, Blazon. Oh, oh, Blazon. The is it yes, the shield? It's the shield building your, game. Building your family crest. Yeah, Blazon. Yeah, that was a. It was a kickstarter. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, designed by David Conklin, yep. artist is Ian O'Toole, and was published by 25th Century Games. It is basically a game about creating a, a, a heraldry on a shield. Sounds really boring, almost banal to the point that I would never touch it. But the mechanics of this game look so fun to me. 
There's open drafting. Uh, you have to basically have a limited hand, so you have to be careful what you take. Uh, you need to build patterns to score points. You get points for set collection. You get end game bonuses, some hidden. It looks right up our alley, like one of those games that you could just sit down and re-roll like War Chest. Um, it has yeah. more than enough variety. I think we could probably get a hundred games out of this before we get sick of it. Uh, artistically, you know, you think about how this would look on the table. It sounds so boring, but they made it look beautiful. The actual components are really nice. The boards are really nice. You have a shield sitting in front of you that you basically have to decorate with heraldry throughout. And there's all kinds of cool stuff in this game. And I think it's under 30 bucks. So there's a lot of game packed in this really interesting theme. Great artwork, great components. Uh, Gameplay is going to be fantastic. So this is my number four, Blazon. From David Conklin, published by so, 25th Century Games. Confession about this game. Uh-oh. It, I, I backed it and then unbacked it. You son um, of a bitch. So I feel, I feel you. I, I was there with that game. Um, and it, it was another game at the time. I can't think what game it was, but there was another game going head to head with it. And I opted for the other game. Because they were very similar in mechanics. I was on the fence. Different themes. Clearly, there's no... But there was something else that that, that drew me... There was a, The other game drew me in differently. And I was like, do I need another game? Like, it was just like, I have... I'm getting this. Do I have that? Like, I don't know. But I did unback it. But yes, it it looked so intriguing to me as well. So, 100% agree with you. Yeah, on I remember that. seeing the Kickstarter. And honestly, I didn't put it on the list... Because I felt bad on back, so I felt like I was being being a jerk by talking about it. But I'll I'll give you my I'll, you know, full transparency, right? I I saw the <laughs> Kickstarter and I was like, yeah, that looks cool. But I'm like, I don't know, man. How are they going to make this good? Like the concept's cool, but like making a game out of that, I don't know. And when I first saw it, I was kind of like, yeah, all right, this. And then I kind of unfollowed it and I didn't look at it again. And then I came back when we were talking about Gen Con and I saw it on there. I'm like, you know what? Let's check out. You know, I remember this. And boy, did they turn this into something special. I think it's going to be really good. All right. What's your third highest? Oh, We're almost man, at the end of the one. list. So here. now, yeah. So this one, uh, and again, I think uh, this should come as no surprise to you. I I think I sent it to you when I was previewing stuff in general. Uh, it just so happens, I believe, it looks like it's a Q4 release. I don't think it's going to be available to buy. But it's going to be available to demo, uh, and it's a game called Three Thousand Scoundrels uh, by Corey Konetska, <laughs> uh, publishers Unexpected Games. Um, this looks just so amazing. Where like every game, and every time you you reveal a guy or a, a leader, you have to put another piece on it. And the fact that they did this artwork, where the tops and the bottoms. Uh, you know, there's a, there's like a transparency where you slide a piece over top or slide a piece underneath and it will change the character that you're drafting. So you may not see that character ever again in that combination. Um, and so it's got deduction. It's got drafting. It's got tableau building. It's got poker. Like it's got bluffing. Like I don't know. I am. I am just so sold on this, just from what I saw, you know, uh, 
where you're using what you have to get more things, to get better and, you know, score more points. But just the, uh, almost like that, just the fact that they attempted to make, you know, the joke about it calling 3000 scoundrels. I don't know if they did the math on it, but it does feel like there's that many unique characters in the game. And the cover of this box is almost like a Tarantino film, right? Like this, this, this is like a Tarantino movie poster. <laughs> And I hope the game is even just remotely close to that. Um, but it just looks so awesome with the different drafting and the different character drafts. Uh, you know, and again, I'm thinking that like that, that bidding sort of like, I don't know if it's, if it's like furnace meets Nidavellir kind of style bidding. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but I'm so excited. Like I, uh, so that's my number three, 3,000 Scoundrels. Uh, ironically, it's number three, and it's 3,000 Scoundrels. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, a, this is a, again, one of those instant instant buys for me. So It sounds and looks good. Uh, hopefully it's available at PAX. So number three for me is War of the Ring, the card game. Uh, this is <laughs> nice. designed by Ian Brody, published by Ares Games. Uh, I don't own War of the Ring, the, the board game. Uh, I've always thought about getting it. I'm a huge Tolkien Middle Earth <laughs> nerd and never pulled the trigger. And so I saw the card game was coming out, started looking into it. This is everything I want in a smaller package. It's going to be under 40 bucks. It's a team game. So it's two players versus two players. Two are the shadow and two are the free peoples. You get to use a specific deck that you choose representing, you know, which faction you want. Uh, it's got tons of complexity. It's a battle-driven card game. There's just so much here that I like. Uh, I cannot wait to play this game. And this is an auto-buy for me. I have a feeling we will be playing this more than once because of how epic the game looks. Uh, that, you know, you spend... 90 minutes to two hours playing this. And by the time you're done, you come to this climactic battle at the end and somebody wins, somebody loses. And you're like, shit, I want to do that again. So super excited for War of the Ring, the card game. That is my number three. So this was like my number 11. And I'm so <laughs> glad you put it on your list because it lost it. Cause I had to cut it uh, because like, I wanted it to be an instant buy, but I was just like, uh, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. Would I get it to the table? So I was like, all right, all right. And when you said, it, I was like, oh, like a wave of relief just came over me that I was like, awesome. I'll get to play this. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be epic. I, I'm excited. So now we have two games left. Number two and number one. Uh, I'm about to talk about our first crossover so far. <laughs> now, uh, now again, I don't know. I don't again. I don't know what your two are. Maybe we'll have more crossovers. But um, regardless of crossover, we're going to be getting a lot of games to our collection just based on these two lists oh, alone. Yeah. Like it's almost twenty yeah. games. Like, <laughs> There's this been no, is no crossover so, so far. I'm surprised. It, again, so this crossover, and again, I guess we'll have to fight over it. Who, who's going to get it? Um, is my shelfie uh, from designer Phil Walker Harding <laughs> and Matt Dunstan. Uh, from Cranial Creations. Uh, I just, this concept of, you know, the, 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 almost the Connect Four board with drafting and scoring, con you know, unique scoring conditions and, and sort of racing to fill your, 
fill your board, but, but doing it specifically in a certain way to score the most points. Um, and again, the fact that you can choose how many tiles to take. So you can take one or you can take two or you can take three. But you so be able to play. It's kind them. of interesting. Exactly. Um, so I, I sort of like that, um, that's that, that choice, uh, and those options. And these images look fantastic. It looks like it's going to be as good a quality as like a, like a planet. Like these, just these components are going to be amazing. And it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be an expensive game. No, it doesn't look like it's small box. You know, you have a bag, a board, and, and like, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't know how Phil Walker Harding makes all these games. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's... He's got to stop my, my pocketbook. But <laughs> it's good. It looks really good. <laughs> but my number two, my number two, my shelfie, uh, again, Phil Walker Harding. It looks like a, a home number run. two. I think you can get that one. Go yeah. Ahead. Oh, th- oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I think my number two is going to be a crossover, uh, but we'll see. So I think you have this at one, but I might be wrong. I will find out. My number two is a game that you sent me, and I immediately was like drawn in by the title, <laughs> and that is Deal with the Devil. Uh, it is from <laughs> CGE. Uh, Matthias Kotri is a designer, so Czech Games published it. It is a Euro game set in fantasy medi- medieval times. And everybody gets to take on a secret role. So you can either be a mortal, a cultist, or the devil, or I think there's a couple others. And they're asymmetrical. So we all, you're going to play the game the same way, but everybody's got different goals because of your, you know, what you are, your secret role. There's some blind trading that takes place. There's a bit of deduction as a result of that. You can bribe other players. And the devil is trying to basically tempt people who are mortal with things that score points to gain their souls um, while the cultist wants to sell their soul to the devil to try to get him to take it to uh, there's an app with it. So that's the only question mark I have on this game. So we'll kind of see how that pans out, but I love every single thing I just described about this game. I think it's going to be so fun, so much backdoor shit, backstabbing, lying bluffing (laughs) everything i love about a good like it's not a party game but it could be but it's too complicated to be it's like if you have a good board game group this is one of those games that you're just gonna put on the table and everyone's gonna look at you and be like it's on mother effort it's on like that's one of those games so (laughs) deal with the devil i am it's not my number one but it's my number two that should tell you just how excited i am to get this game so I knew you would like that, which is why I sent it to you. <laughs> um, and maybe, and maybe I do this so that you get into something and I don't have to be the one <laughs> that gets all hype about stuff. Oh, you know, I am. <laughs> I think it's more um, of a cost mitigation thing know, for you at this point, which is very wise on your part. And I hate <laughs> you for it. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, my number one is not deal with the devil. But I am happy that it's that high on your list, which means we'll get to play it. So oh, yeah, for about sure. Because uh, again, it, it was it was definitely intriguing to me, and but it it felt like a Ryan game, like that felt like a game that would go on your shelf. Yeah, 
as opposed yeah. to is mine. it a game where you so get to like, be right, a, an, that's a an open game. asshole to all the people that you're playing with then yes it's <laughs> on my shelf so my number one uh i think is gonna be i don't know i guess a shocker for anyone who's been listening since the beginning uh just because um, we've talked about that we're not big party game players. We don't play a lot of party oh, games. Oh, I know what this so is going to be. But my number one is a party game, and it's a party game because I just can see this game coming out with so many different groups of people. And it is going – like, I can see it with children, young kids. I can see it with, you know, some of the older folk in the family. I can see it at work with your coworkers um, being a hit. Uh, and this game just seems to have – it's almost I, – I have a feeling it's going to be as much of a hit as Codenames was. And we're going to see a lot of more, more stuff from this. Uh, and this publisher, 25th Century Games, has been – is coming in hot. And yeah. they have a catalog behind them. And there's more coming. They're not, they're just starting. And for them to be just starting with this amount of just uniqueness coming out of the gate, they're going to be a company to look out for and watch. And my number one is a, a party game called Green Team Wins. And I cannot wait to own this game. Uh, I just, uh, it, again, it's simple in nature where, uh, again, it's a party game. Where and it, but it's team based. But you're all, uh, you'll all get assigned a team in the beginning. You'll either be the orange team or the green team. And your goal is to be the, you know, you want to be on the green team because the green team scores points. Uh, so a car will get flipped over, uh, and you're all going to answer the same question, and the majority is going to rule. So if, uh, like, I, I don't know, uh, you know, like a fill in the blank. And whoever, you know, whatever has the most, uh, you know, answers correct, you're going to score points based on that. And you're going to be part of green team. And if you're not, then you become part of the orange team. So, um, and your goal is to always try to get on the green team. So you want to try to have answers that you think are going to be, um, you know, the majority answer. And there's just something about this I'm just so excited about. So my number one, again, it's a party game. <laughs> I can't believe it's a party game. My number one, Green Team wins. I I knew this would be on your list, and it got to the deductive side of it to figure out what would be number one. But I was surprised you made it number one because it is a party game, and you are not a big party gamer. But I do agree with you. <laughs> this has the potential to just be huge because of how accessible it is, uh, it just looks like one of those games, just like Codenames and some others uh, of its ilk, that will be instant popularity. You'll see it in the shelf of every store that sells board games. It's just going to be it's going to be huge. Yeah. I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, it plays up to 12 people, right? So, yeah. and how hard it would it be to uh, copy other cards and just say green and orange, right? Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And like how simple the game is. And again, people are going to watch you play and they're like, oh, what's this? And you're like, oh, here, just come on in and hand them an orange card right to start. You know, and, and the point mechanism is going to be so cool. I, I don't know. I'm just so excited for it. Yeah. 
I've never been excited for a party game. It looks great. Um, yeah. So my number one green team wins. So my number one's a bit of a surprise for me. Um, and I, I, <laughs> is it a crossover? It is not. Did we it's get not two a crossover? Um, oh, that means we have nineteen games that we're buying. I'm surprised this year. <laughs> we didn't have as many as we did. But this this game interests me well, so much because it is a it's war chest on steroids. This game is called Bloodstones, designed by Martin Wallace and published by Wallace Designs. So it is an area control game. Um, there are asymmetric factions. You notice a theme about a lot of the stuff I've picked is asymmetry is something I really enjoy. You, uh, are an asymmetric faction and you draft, you basically have tiles that you'll pick, uh, that comprise units that you have. So very war chesty in that respect. And you can play these tiles, uh, onto a very large map and you're basically trying to build villages or take over your opponent's villages, uh, using these units and, you basically play them on the board. They stay out to be able to activate them. You have to play, you know, other tiles to move them or very similar to war chest in a lot of ways, but because of the scope of this is so much bigger. And because we love war chest so much, I can see this being really, really fun. It's Ooh. still a ways off yet. Uh, I think it, it's still on game found right now getting through its funding phase, but I believe it hit its target or is very close. Um, Martin Wallace has a lot of pedigree as a designer, so I have a lot of faith there. I think they're still kind of working on some of the, you know, final rules tweaks for the game, but it looks nearly complete. It looks really, really good and maybe one of the top area control games ever made by the end of it. So I'm super excited to see this one a little bit more. I want to try to get some games in on tabletop simulator just to try it out or, or wherever I can. I think it's on TTS. Um, but it, <sighs> look at those pieces. It looks, beautiful it's oh, got the components look amazing yeah, it's, it's got that war chest vibe to it um it just and the asymmetric factions mean you're going to have a lot of variety in the way people play and the factions that they choose and and there's just so much to like about this game and again martin wallace as a designer has a lot of of you know gravitas behind his his game so super super pumped for this uh i think the price point's pretty high but it looks really well made so far, honestly. Uh, so I have no reservations. This is far and away my number one. I shouldn't say far and away. Deal with the Devil is is close on its heels. But those two are probably leaps and bounds above just about everything else in this list. So this is what I'm most excited about for sure. So that is Bloodstones by Martin Wallace, published by Wallace Designs. You can still get it in the pub- uh, the Kickstarter or the Game Found if you want to back it. I think it's 135 Australian, so somewhere around 100 bucks. Uh, US, I think. My conversion rates are probably way off. Stupid inflation. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. It looks great. It's 149 Australian and 100 bucks US approximately. Cool. Um, and I have not backed it and yet. And you're not backing no, this yet? No. Because there's time and I'm just kind of, I wanted to get a game in to check it out first. Um, but I think without a doubt. It's your number one game and you didn't back it. Oh, there's, yeah. I, I didn't say I'm not going to. I just haven't yet. <laughs> But yes, I, I plan on backing. Does it, it say when you're supposed to get it's, it? It's coming out in 2023, so I would guess with all the crowdfunding and shipping and all that stuff, it's probably so what, like April late next year, May? maybe okay. maybe sooner. I don't know, but uh, it, it looks fantastic. So, okay. and I think we would definitely enjoy. It, it does look amazing. Um, well, we have um, what 17 days. To back it? Yeah, I'll be I'll be taking care of that. Don't you worry. 
15 days. There are 15 days left. If you don't back this, let me know. Oh, I'm going to. We have to have this <laughs> I'm game. going to. Don't worry. Okay. All right. This is high All on right. my list. I was just trying to cover you. This is high on my list. <laughs> yeah. So that – I did, Honestly, when you sent it to me, I didn't get a chance to look at it. And then you're as you're talking, I'm browsing it. I'm like, oh, I should have looked at this yeah, sooner. It's, it's this beautiful. so good. And it's going to be very cutthroat, I think. So great. Um, so that is our Gen Con. Look at that one crossover. One crossover. I'm. So did we? Did you do it? Did you not pick games because you knew I would? No, intentionally. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. Other than dealing with the devil, I didn't even. I didn't see it on the list to be honest with you, but I did send. I thought you you picked deal with the (laughs) devil. I sent it to you, and I was pretty sure you were going to pick my shelfie, and I had a feeling that you might pick War of the Ring. I didn't think you would pick. Yeah, that any was of close. Others. It was like I said. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of games on that list, and and that's just a like we said, there were 500 some on that 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 page on Board Game Geek. So if you're still interested, you got 19. In any of, of these, go check them out there. <laughs> and there's so much more. And I'm sure by the time Pax rolls around, we'll have even more to talk about. So we'll do another list like this before Pax. I think. All right, we are already at an hour and a half in this episode, which is generally what we set to be. Ugh. So why don't we jump into Wingspan? We'll, we'll zoom through that review and then a quick backbot, and we'll sign off for the evening. So Wingspan, I don't know what All right. I don't know what to say about it that isn't already out there. Wingspan is a engine building sort of uh, bird focused game where you're uh, collecting different birds, laying eggs on cards, uh, managing resources. Uh, trying to achieve uh, round-based goals and also private goals for scoring. Um, this is one of the most popular board games in the last 15 years and is on the shelves of every major retailer that sells games across the United States and across the world. It has, I believe, three different expansions at this point. Is that right? So two that are out. Coming. Uh, and the third is coming out at the end of the year along with the big box that brings it all home. Yeah. So, uh, published by Stonemeyer Games, which I don't know if you can designed cons- by Elizabeth yeah. Hargraves. Uh, this is a modern classic in many people's eyes, and and believe it or not, there's a bit of a polarizing opinion on this too as being kind of a flat game. Um, but we're going to talk about that right now. So let's get into the review. So we review our games based off uh, five categories: uh, theme, balance, fun, component quality, and replayability. And then we give a final score at the end, which is the sum of those. Divided by five. See, I can do math. And then at the end, we just give it a quick Ooh, rating of mathin'. would we kill each other over this? Is this a, a, a lose friends type of game? Yes or no? And we explain why. So let's buzz through Wingspan. Hummingbird style. Theme. Go. <laughs> well, out of all the games we have reviewed, I think I finally got it right on theme. And it is my highest theme. With a five. Yay. Uh, This game oozes theme regarding what you're doing, how you're doing it, what you, what you do to play these birds, the food, you know, the, the uh, environments with which you place them, the, um, the, the powers of the birds. Um, They're, they're very thematic and to, to the actual real bird themselves. Um, so I don't, and, and the actions of, you know, when you have the predatory birds where they eat other birds by being tucked or, you know, other, 
you know, Bert's, uh, you know, go and steal food and, and then you get to place food on them. I just thematically, this game, you, you feel like you're building a bird sanctuary. You, you, you really do. Um, with, with the choices that you're given, with the goals that are out there to try to score the most points. Uh, I don't know. That was me on, uh, on theme five. Again, highest of all of our themes so far. Yeah, I'm with you. Did I get it right? Yeah, you Ryan? did. Five, hundred <laughs> percent. <clears throat> artwork. <laughs> yeah, I got theme yeah, right. <laughs> artwork, gameplay, uh, mechanics, everything about it ties the game together around the theme, which is birds. Not in a million years would I tell you that I would sit down and enjoy a, bir- a board game about birds, but I enjoy Wingspan, and it's about birds, and they managed pull all of it together to make it just an engine builder focused around birds and bird watching and collecting. It's ridiculous that if this is such a popular thing, but the theme has lent uh, such popularity to the game itself, the calmness, you know, the beautiful artwork, the nature side of things, it just all works It's one of those rare games that comes out and people look at it and go, this is beautiful. I want to own this. Even though I don't really know what it is, I don't necessarily know how to play it. I don't know if I care. I just want to own this because it's just that beautiful. To go and take that and tie the theme in the way they did is just really impressive. You have to, even if you don't like this game, you have to give some respect to Elizabeth Hargreaves for the way she pulled that off. So 100% yeah. of five. Uh, balance. I have a four for this. There are some cards and the base. Uh, we're, just to note too, we're only reviewing the base game of Wingspan, not any expands. Yeah. Just there base. are some cards in the base game that are busted. Ravens and Crows are busted. If you can get a couple of those early on, you can tend to win games more than your opponents. <laughs> um, and I've played a lot of games of Wingspan on my Switch to know what's good and what's not. A couple other strategies. There's some heavy tucking cards in uh, the wetlands areas that you can get that allow you to just bank tons of points if you get the right combo. So there are some broken combos in this game. Um, there are some issues sometimes too with food if you don't properly mitigate. Uh, and you can play around this stuff, so it's not so much a balance issue. But there are times where the cards to mitigate around it aren't available. Um, so that can really hamper certain players while others are benefiting. So I gave it a four for balance because I think there's some things about it that in the base game have some imbalances. I think they fix some of that with some of the expansions. I 100% agree. My balance was also a four. And again, um, I do judge balance. And again, like I guess I do with my, with all my, um, scores. I always go back and I look at what I gave balance to from prior. And, um, yes, uh, you can, you can get, you know, you can, uh, get a little lucky and pull the right cards. You know, pull the right cards that match the scoring, or yeah, uh, you get cards that allow you to do more stuff. Um, you know, it's not just a you know a big point, you know, pelican <laughs> or something, right? So I went with a four as well, and again, it matches. Um, it, it, and again, mine was more of that luck factor. You know, to your 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 point of again, you could luck into something even you know stronger. Um, and again, that's the same thing with with uh, with fort with looters. Yeah, yeah, it's in every game. Res Arcana, for the most part. You know, like you that. can luck into something, you know? Even Oath, right? Oath was a four for me. Like, you can luck into drawing those cards. Yeah. Again, that's where it matches Meadow, right? Meadow, again, you can luck into, you know, having a card, you know, show up properly when you need it. Um, same thing with this. It's got that that minor luck factor, but, you know, 
again, you've got 200 cards. Yeah, right? a lot. <laughs> and they're all different. So, like, yeah, there's going to be – I don't know anyone that can balance 200 unique characters, right? That's impossible. Um, so that's why I think there's a little bit of the luck factor to it. How about fun? Because just because just because you draw it doesn't mean you can play it, right? You might need that need to be. You might spend all game trying to feed it, right? You can't even get it out yeah. and play. It happens. So, it it, it the universe does uh, balance <laughs> itself, <laughs> so to speak. The birdiverse. Um. So yeah, so fun. Uh. Again, I I think it's, you you said it earlier. Like it's a very uh, relaxing. Uh, calming sort of experience. Uh, very much like, I mean, we just reviewed Meadow. Uh, I felt Meadow was the same way. Uh, I get just ex- 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 uh, I get just as excited to play Wingspan as I do Meadow. Uh, they're both fun and, uh, Wingspan gets a 4.5 for me. And I did have to, Dock at one point on a little bit of the setup. Little setup is a little, meh, but, um, and then depending on how many expansions you want to bolt in, I'm hoping the big box helps this down the road. I could see it maybe gaining more. Um, but it's a 4.5 for me on. I'm close. I gave it a four. Um, mainly because I think this game is a little too solitaire-ish. At least the base game, I think it changes more with the expansions. But again, we're just root game. Um, you know, we've, <laughs> we had a joke running from when we played this years ago with a buddy of ours, Kirby, and he's like, there's not enough player interaction in this game. He's right. There's not enough player interaction in this game. It's very minimal. Um, most you can do to each other is sort of draft cards away from, from the other player that are out available in the public area to draw. Um, or maybe steal the food. Oh, there's those friendly birds. Yeah, maybe. You know, friendly birds that help each other. Maybe steal a yeah. food or something. But um, that portion of it sometimes bothers me. And then and then also, um, you know, you can get screwed in this game and it, and it can be tough to catch up. And so there aren't a lot of ways to get caught up if that happens in this game, which can sometimes be not so fun. Um, that being said, I'm never – averse to sitting down and playing this game with people it is i agree with you it's not quite at the level of meadow for me and i think the biggest reason is because the pacing is slower than meadow i think meadow moves fl- flows through turns a lot faster than wingspan does um at least traditionally from when i've played it both online and with people and in, in the real world um so that that dings the fun a little bit for me so i'm sitting at a four component quality this is a no-brainer just the base game, no upgrades, no geek bits, no nothing. Go to Target, buy Wingspan, five. This game's production quality is one of the nicest in all of Stone Myers entire library. Case in point, you get a goddamn cardboard birdhouse as a dice tower. I, I don't need to say anything more than that. Like it, that's that's it. They win. It's a five. Well, we are in agreement. Uh, cause I do feel that the base game of this, uh, was yes, amazing. Yeah. It really you get is. Game trays. The game trays alone are worth $10 that you get yeah. in the game. <laughs> right? Like, and the card I trays. I mean, and, and the, oh, the card trays, the, the eggs. player boards, the tokens. Yeah. The, I mean, the eggs, you can't get that quality. And again, the egg is like, it's, <laughs> it's not like, it's a, 
I mean, it's an important part of the game, but they don't need to give you 15 different color eggs. And they gave you all the eggs. Um, and then they, again, they give you, they give you baggies. The quality of Stone Meyer's paper yeah. of, of his rule book <laughs> and the glossary, like that's $10 right there. So we're $20. Actually, the, the eggs, another 10. So we're $30 into the game and we're not even talking about the 200 cards, right? Yep. Like, that's amazing. And the dice, the, the dice tower. There's another Wooden 10 bucks. Dice. So you're at $40. You're at $40 on just components that you would pay other games to upgrade, right? Or you would have to buy extra. Wingspan gives it to you. Uh, and what is Wingspan at Target? Yep, 40 bucks? Somewhere around there. 50 bucks? 50 bucks around there. Like, what a deal. You are not going to regret spending. Yeah, you aren't going to, you won't regret it. It is a quality, quality game. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, mo- other games of even similar quality, you're spending $70, $80. Yep, easy. Tops. You know, at, at base, at, at mid. Now again, we, we should know? note too, this came out many years ago at this point. So they, they kind of set a standard. Agreed, agreed. It's still agreed, a great yeah. value yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> there's not a lot of games that even try to get to that component quality yep. base. All right. Last category, replayability. Um, that's another five for me. Uh, there's so many birds. You do, yes, you will see some birds again, but the amount of birds that you're playing with, oh, it, it's just, it's unheard of. Uh, what do you get through? 10% of that stack Maybe. of cards <laughs> in a game, if that. I mean, replayability is there. Uh, the, the scoring mechanisms, you, you mix up every time, you pick new goals, you pick new things. Uh, there's two different ways to play it with the goals. You could play a, a simpler game or you could play a more uh, advanced game with the different types of goals. So there's a lot of just, again, just in the base. We're not even talking about the other 300 cards that you can add to this thing or the other resources, you know, or the other powers that you've never seen before. You know, this is just base game. You can just own this base game and you will play and it'll feel like a different game every time. That's a five. I'm at a 4.5. I've played, I've, I've played oh. over 150 games of Wingspan between uh, tabletop and Switch, and I'm done for a little while. <laughs> uh, okay, but hold on, just hold on, stop. Like again, I know you're being a bit facetious, maybe on the no, 150. I'm not, but I probably I've, you're I've not literally played. Okay. You played this game 150 times. If that doesn't mean replayability, I don't know I what think does. My, well, my I didn't get there okay. yet, but my dock is. I you can't play you can't play Uno 150 times, right? You might play Uno 150 times yeah. in your entire life. You've played that in less than two years. I, I think my my so, knock is replayability with with those around me. Um, I have so many games okay, fair, that but, I could play, and this one is not always the first choice and that sticks in my mind for some reason i think maybe there's some things about it that make it for certain audiences not something that they want to get to regularly i've heard that complaint from people before um they play it once and they're like eh, it's not for them uh and i have trouble finding people in in the real world that want to play wingspan on a regular basis and to, so to me i'm not thinking of myself i could replay this game forever i still play it to this day Although I've taken a break um, for something else, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, 
for me, it's a five, but for the greater populace that I've been exposed to when playing wingspan, it's, it's, I have trouble getting us back to the table with different groups of people. And so that's why I dock at that half point. I guess that's fair. Uh, I disagree, but it's yeah, fair. No, I, I think <laughs> you have valid points too, but I, I'm just going off of my experiences and I love it. I could play it forever. It's, it doesn't get old, but then again, I'm playing against AI and people online. It's a lot easier to get it to the, to, that level then to the table. Yeah. So my final score ended up as a 4.5, which is pretty solid and indicative of how good wingspan is. I think higher than me. Yeah. Yeah. I am a 4.7 and this is officially my highest rank. I'm game. not surprised. Uh, uh, and it actually dethroned fort at a oh, 4.6. Wow. You love fort. And I love fort. Oh, I love. So this fort. is not a game to me that, uh, I say I'm going to lose friends over flip a table, even with the expansion cards, not enough player interaction or yeah. screw you behavior, take that behavior to make me put this at a yes. So this is a hard no. So this is a no. However, I have an asterisk by it. Uh, it's a no. However, uh, there is points of contention and uh, I know you and I joke about it a lot. <laughs> My wife and I joke about it a lot. I think it's because of how relaxing and calming and soothing disarming. and simple and and disarming this game is. Like, it actually fuels more competition when you don't win. Just because, yeah. you know, because you've spent all this time that you're just like, ah, I want to <laughs> beat you at this game. You know, and again, I think I said it on the last one. My wife beat me for the first time, and we've probably paid, I don't know, Half a, you know, maybe a dozen times together, and she's never won. Uh, now again, I didn't win all twelve of those. Like, again, we mixed it up with different people. Um, and I don't know if I've ever—I don't think I've ever beaten you either, Ryan. When we've played, right? Nope. I've come close. Like we were yeah, like a point, one point, like a point, a couple points here, a couple points there. Uh, but like, there's again, there's that, there's the. Oh, I just want to beat you at this <laughs> game, <laughs> right? But, but you don't take it out while you're playing. You don't talk. You know, you don't talk too much trash while you're playing. So, yeah, it's a point of contention in certain circles, but by no means are you going to lose any friends no. over it. No, I don't think so. All right, that's our Wingspan review. We moved through that with pretty quick uh, uh, times here. So we're just about at two hours. Let's wrap up with a quick back bot and we'll sign off. I'll go first because I only have one. Okay. I did not back anything and I did not buy anything. But I did pick up one small thing, and it is to replace Wingspan Digital, and that is Everdell came out with an iOS version of the game, and I picked it up on the iPad, and oh my god, is that well done. It is very good. Uh, Everdell is one of my all-time favorite games. I still will play that above most things in my collection to this day, and I was super pumped that they released a digital copy, so I picked it up. It is beautiful. It's executed well. I picked up the playthrough right away. Uh, mechanically speaking, it's it's super easy to intuit how to play. So if you are an Everdell fan or if you're even interested in the game and kind of want to get an idea of how it plays, I think it's 10 – it was like nine ninety nine. Go buy that now. It is fantastic. Uh, iOS has it. I'm not sure if Android does, but what a what a great translation to digital they did for this. That's interesting. I want to play Everdell so much. <laughs> it's Everdell's scratching my so itch right good. now. Oh, 
How I have to ask. I have to ask because, like, I have. All right, so I have. How do I put this? I have dumb games on my phone that I play, right? Um, that are just stupid time wasters, yep. time fillers. How long does it take to actually get through a game of Wingspan or a game through Ele- Everdell on, on Everdell? If you're playing like AI, it's it's like twenty minutes. If you're playing Wingspan, it's maybe thirty thirty minutes against okay. AI. If you're playing against okay. people online, they take All longer right. to make decisions, and that can take longer. So I just play against AI for practice, and I have it cranked up to hard for both of those okay. games, and still perform fairly well. Okay. AI can't right. compete with human mm. brains when it comes to board games, but you can still get you know a lot of practice and learn the decks, learn the cards, all that stuff, and that helps out with the play if on a tabletop. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. So for me, uh, purchases. Um, <clears throat> I, as I mentioned earlier, pre-ordered a Hoy today Yay. from Leader Games. Um, I mentioned Imperius. I played. Uh, they there was a Kickstarter exclusive pack where you could buy it post Kickstarter, um, which added more leaders, added more actions, added more planets. The fact that I liked the base game. And the, and the little bit of bonus extra I got from a Kickstarter campaign that I purchased, I went back for it. I got it. Uh, so I have that content now. So I can officially say I have everything for Imperius. Uh, I've been interested in this game, Deus, for a while. Uh, so I found Deus uh, on a, uh, a, dent, a dent and ding uh, sale. So I threw on the expansion right away because I figured I'd like it. So I added that. Um. I uh, got my pre-order for Hero Quest Frozen Horror expansion pack. Uh, I got Villainous Star Wars that I pre-ordered showed up today or showed up this weekend. Um, I, I, I hit my friendly local game store and I bought a little card game. It's sort of like a, it's I guess they call it Draft and Write. Uh, it's a little game called Boomerang USA. Um, I think uh, it's going to see a lot of play with the family. Uh, and, and some of the older, uh, folks in the family, um, just because of, uh, the simple nature of drafting cards, marking off on a little sheet of paper, scoring. Uh, I think it could be fantastic. Uh, I, I highly recommend this for people. Boomerang. I think it comes in Australia and UK editions, but they only had the USA. Uh, I was actually going to try to get the Australia one, but they didn't have it. So, uh, and then, Again, not this will be a good segue into the backed. Um, oh, sworn uh, was delivered. Uh, I oh, sent a baby. picture to Ryan. It was two giant boxes uh, it's, it, that was shipped. Uh, I have no damage. I've got no dings so far. Everything I've seen, nothing was broken. No issues. Um, but what was it? Four Gloomhaven boxes yeah. of stuff. Is that what was in the picture? I mean, my <laughs> God. Uh, and, and, and we had, I had some people over when I got home from work and, uh, I, I started opening it because I just, I had to see it. I had to see it in its glory. And they were just like, what does something like that cost? I'm like, <laughs> and I told them, and they're like, Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, but look, you got a lot of stuff and it's a lot of firsts in, in, in the hobby, in the industry. You know, that push system they're is like, amazing. Whatever, nerd. I know there was some, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I was like, oh, and then these three giant boxes, I have no idea what's going to be in there. I have to play <laughs> to find out. Like, they're like, what do you, I'm like, I oh, know, I'm not even going to open them. What do you mean you're not going to open them? I'm like, the, the game will tell me when to open them. I'm going to let the game guide me. So, uh, so it looks like we're going to be maybe getting some Osworn content to the channel here. Uh, or to our show here shortly. Um, hopefully, fingers are crossed that we can make that work here at the end of the summer, going into fall. Yep. Uh, so Ryan, did you back uh, Bloodstones while we were talking? So you have something to talk about? It's on my back. list of things to do this week. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I'm currently backing three games. Uh, did I mention Isle of Trains last time? Mm, yes. I can't remember. Um, but I don't think I've mentioned Star Realms no. Legacy, right? That's a new one since we recorded last. So Star Realms Legacy. Uh, I'm a big fan of Star Realms. Star Realms is actually, I love Dominion when I played it, you know, when, you know, years, many years ago. I still have my original copy of Dominion. Um, but Star Realms really, uh, went right to my heart when it comes to deck building. So, and I haven't bought everything. I, I, I have almost everything of star realms, but there was a couple kickstarters last two or three. I didn't get cause it's just, it was a lot more of the same. So, uh, it looks like they're changing up the, the, a little bit of the, the game, uh, it could be multiplayer now and it's a legacy style game. Uh, and they have give you, give, they, they gave an option to infinite replayability. And that's kind of amazing. That's cool. So, uh, so I, I just, I backed it. Let's, let's just, you know, let's get it. Um, and then I, uh, again, I know we've mentioned it and talked about it before. Uh, designer John Cloudus from Small Box Games, uh, he did a print and play game, uh, where it's a solo game. That you use a deck of cards. So basically you're paying for the files, which are the game boards, uh, and, and the, the game sheet, you know, the rules, the game sheet. So it's not expensive at all, but it's John Cloudus. It's a deck of cards. Uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to try and, uh, for less than $5. Okay. I'll give you that. If it helps to fuel the next one too. Okay. Good. We got this. So that's called Copperdale is his, uh, his latest. Um, and then, uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, the second printing of Founda- Founders of Rome will hit, I think, tomorrow or August 2nd. And I have a feeling I'll be buying that. <laughs> so just a little bit of a foreshadow to episode 17. We'll see if it comes nice. true. I have a feeling I'm going to get it. I know that thing looks like a monster and a beast, but oh, it just it looks does. so much fun. Did I you did. watch it those videos? Fun. I'm I'm excited oh, to play it. I can't. Meaning, thank you, Ken, for buying it. That's just, it's, you, you just know <laughs> that you can just assume there's a thank you involved when we get it to the table. <laughs> all right, all right. Fair well, enough, fair enough. So that's my that's my bought and that's back. uh that's a lot you've bought in the last two episodes so i'm very proud of you and when you get divorced you can live in my basement for a little while to get yourself back on your feet so <laughs> just to let you know 
extend that that olive branch. So does that mean you're going to buy games? You're going to buy my games so I can get back on my feet? <laughs> At a discount. Yeah, that's the whole plan. <laughs> well, we did it. We went over two hours, but that Gen Con list was exciting to talk about, and uh, I'm glad we did it. And I want to say thanks to everybody who joins us every episode for listening. You can check us out at PlayGamesLoseFriends.com. You can check out our Instagram at PlayGamesLoseFriends. You can email us at PlayGamesLoseFriends at gmail.com if you have questions about the show, comments about the show. You want us to talk about a game, you're a designer, and you want to get an interview in with us. Anything you need, let us know. Help us out a lot by giving our show a five-star review, four-star review, whatever you feel like. Something great would be great. Yeah. Rate, rate, yeah. review, subscribe uh, on whatever you know platform you listen to podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Check the show out there. Give us a good review. Helps get the show in front of more ears and eyes. That is all for tonight. I'll f- say thanks from myself. Any final words of wisdom, Ken? Uh, I, no, I think uh, we gave a lot of info in this episode. So hopefully. Uh, it was something that was appealing or uh, something that Hopefully you'll check out. Hopefully we got you guys excited for some of those Gen Con games Enjoy. too. If you have the time, check out our lists. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll try to put them in the show notes so we have that available. It's easy to find the titles. And in the meantime, until next time, play some games, go check out the Gen Con stuff, and try not to buy as much as Ken. Thanks, everybody. Take care. <laughs> Later all. Thanks.